Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Courtney. Hello, Craig. Welcome back to Paramara. It's good to be back. Today we're talking about whispering estates located in indiana and you actually you picked this story what prompted you to go look at it so i saw that it was like one of the most uh haunted places in indiana and it really caught my eye okay the owners have said you know they're pretty open about it that you know some of the things they know for fact that happened in the house other things are what family members of people or people in the area have told them so we don't know you know, fully what's going on over there or or what has happened, but they've tried pretty hard to stay consistent. This story took a little bit longer than normal for us because we actually decided that in order to understand what was happening, we had to go back all the way on this house. We kind of developed a storyline or or the line of who lived there, you know, going pretty pretty far back and what occurred with those families. And I think that will help illustrate um, and provide more insight of what's going on. Now, some of this is not in Whispering Estates. They don't have it documented one way or the other, or if they do, they just haven't brought it up. It's not on their websites. But we wanted, before we reached out to Whispering Estates to talk to them, we wanted to do our own investigation just on the house and what we think is going on there. Um, And then in a future podcast, hopefully, maybe even a live one, we could actually uh, talk with the people who run Whisper Estates today. So let's get started talking about Whispering Estates. It was built around 1890-something. We know that it didn't exist before 1890 itself, but somewhere after there, it was built. And the first occupants that we are aware of were the Whites, and it was Dr. White, who was a physician, and his wife, Miss White. They had two children, or no. They they had had three children. They had three, that's right. Which was uh, Lulu, and then they had two sons, which were Donald and Vernon. Vernon, yeah. I think they were twins. Twins. The boys were twins. Yes, and uh, Miss White was a teacher as well. Yeah. And they were an an extremely eccentric couple. It's clear based off of how they behaved in the town, everywhere they went, that they enjoyed the limelight and maybe looking better well off than they really were. So let's let's give a little bit some stories about uh, the, these people. So I'll right. I'll talk about Mr. White and then you can talk about uh, Miss White. Miss White. So Mr. White actually worked in Mitchell and then had a partner uh at some point that partnership ended within the first year and he went to bedford and he ended up working with two different partners over a two-year period so again he kind of bounced around a bit and at this time they did not live in the house then he ended up somehow coming back to to mitchell and this is really when we find out 
the first occupants of the home. And we know that he actually performed surgery and was a general practitioner at that house. Um, and that's documented in the Mitchell newspapers of the time. So he had taken out ads. And it's kind of interesting because in later stories from different people who lived there, the they always refer to uh, the house being next to a church. But in when Mr. White was there, uh, it was next to a like a super, not a supermarket, but a, like a store. Uh, I think it was called the Holmes Brothers. And so it's kind of interesting to see how even the town was growing and things were changing in that area. Uh, but he was super eccentric. Uh, it was clear he wanted to be rich and he was pretty much willing to do anything to get there. And I think he made a lot of enemies along the way. Again, his partners were wanting him out of their practices. It appeared that they were kind of flipping the bill for the buildings they were working in in Bedford. Uh, there was another town I can't think of, but it always seemed like somebody was flipping the bill and not him. So in the right. meantime, uh, that's a little bit just a, a brief information about Mr. White. What, what do you know about Miss White? Well, one of my favorite stories I've heard about uh, Miss White was the uh, toilet incident where she created a woman's toilet. Oh, I did read that, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not exactly sure what a woman's toilet is. I couldn't find anything about this, but I just found it very funny that she built a woman's toilet. Like, that is not something you'd expect, like, to hear from someone. But apparently, uh, she tried to get a lot of publicity out of it, too, to just, like, get the whole, like, town to, like, hear what she did. Yeah, and she she had a, like, she took an ad out in the paper to have women come over and see her woman's toilet. Yeah, and... she did. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Just uh, the funniest thing. Yeah, and I don't know what a woman's toilet would have looked I, like. I don't know, like, what, is it just, like, a regular toilet, or? I have no idea. I mean, Is it just, doesn't... like, a toilet, it's, like, women only? I don't know. It's like... She doesn't specify no, she what doesn't. it is. She just says that she has this, she's created this yeah. toilet and wants everybody in the town to come see it. Yeah. But again, I think that goes back to their nature. They were, you know. Very eccentric people. Yeah. yeah. They were hustlers. They were trying to do different yeah. things. Um, and you said she was a teacher? Mm-hmm. She was a teacher. There's actually another story about her where um, on Thanksgiving, she brought her whole class and she had a huge party with them. It was taffy, and it was, like, a bunch of expensive items. I think it was at a hotel, too. Yeah, right? at a hotel, yeah. Yeah, so it was a big to-do, and, like, it was all in the papers. Yeah. So definitely somebody who wanted to be out there in yeah. the public. One of the challenging things about them is, I believe, Miss White had some emotional issues, it appears. She had them write in the paper about how she took her sons on a carriage ride, and all these different um thanks and right uh but doesn't really mention their daughter no it's not so in fact um, we only ever found one thing on our daughter yeah they the town doesn't mention their daughter no the people don't but yet we know they had a daughter named lulu right who lived with them so as time went on uh things started to happen with the whites in 1899 miss white's mother dies and I think that took a huge toll on her. Right. And about a year later, uh, Miss White's father and sister dies as well. Yeah. Which adds to that emotional toll. Yeah. And she has a breakdown of some sort. And they even announce that in the paper that she goes away for a while because she cannot cope. She's lost pretty much her, her family. Whole, yeah. Her whole family. Yeah. And also in this time, she has become ill 
uh, while living in the home, it appears Lulu was also becoming ill. That takes an interesting twist on the house itself later. So after a while, I think in 1901, the Whites decide they're leaving. Dr. White takes a job in Little Rock, Arkansas. And he takes out some really weird ads uh, down there. Like, he no longer calls himself uh, Dr. George White or, or Dr. White. He calls himself Dr. G.E.O. White. And he takes out multiple ads. And within the first year or two, he has probably four partners, again, down in Little Rock. In that time, Lulu and Miss White become very ill. So they were ill when they were leaving. And it's announced in the paper of Mitchell that they did not get better on their way down to, to Little Rock. By the end of 1901, 1902, there are no more, uh, there's no more history of the Whites or, or Lulu and, the, and Miss White. It appears that they um, succumbed to whatever was ailing them uh, when they were in Mitchell. We do not know what happened to the boys or Dr. White. He kind of just disappears. My best guess is based off of some of the stories in Little Rock is that he moved to California, but with only one son. So we don't know exactly uh, what happened there. Okay. So now it's 1901 and Dr. Gibbons uh, owns the house. Right. And this is another doctor and physician. Correct. So, and he's also a surgeon. Right. Um, he originally has a practice on Main Street of the town of Mitchell. And then he moves his practice to the home. So let's give a little bit of background on Mr. Gibbons. Right. So Dr. Gibbons, I believe, graduated as a physician in around 1898. And he was married to Miss Gibbons in uh, 1899. Right. And then they buy the house in 1901. A fun fact before we go into uh, further details about the Gibbons, these were really good people overall. One of the things that Mr. Gibbons tried to do was uh, the Abraham Lincoln's mother, I think, passed away in Indiana. And I think that only because, and I haven't researched it, but what was happening was Dr. Gibbons was trying to get the man who facilitated the funeral, who was a reverend. Um, a plaque at the lodge that he was a part of in uh, Mitchell. So he was a huge advocate for Lincoln. He wanted to make sure that his mother was recognized uh, as a person living in Indiana. He wanted to make sure that the pastor was recognized. Um, so he was doing all kinds of different things. Just an interesting fun fact. So in they bought the house in 1901. So the one thing that's interesting about this is they did not move in straight away. We do know that the Whites left the home, but they were renting out rooms. And it appears that the Gibbons decided to let those rooms continue to be rented for a few more years. And in 1910, remodeled the home. Is that what you are aware of? Yeah. So another thing about uh, Dr. Gibbons is that he actually got sick. And this was only a couple years like after renovating the house. And he got sick and actually couldn't join the military. He did join later on, but um, they refused to take him. On active duty. Yeah. Yeah. He also had uh, rheumatism. So rheumatism? He, was, he had, yeah, he, he suffered different ailments. And then I know uh, while living in the home, 
misgivings uh, was ill quite often. She had had been in surgery twice for appendicitis, which I thought was odd. Um, they also had their nephew live with them for a while, who also became ill and was taken to Indianapolis for surgeries, but they don't ever specify what those surgeries were. Just that Dr. Gibbons took him there right. um, with his, you know, took his nephew there. And what is very interesting about the home is that the house was struck by lightning. You'd think like maybe with this, uh, maybe the house being struck by lightning, it could have like maybe more energy to it. Yeah. Um, I see what you're saying. So yeah. with the house getting struck by lightning and that took place in 1917, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it knocked down a chimney. If I recall, they had to remodel yeah. a chimney, but yeah, like all of a sudden this huge surge of energy inside this house. Right. Um, you know, but it's, yeah, it is interesting that the house got struck by lightning. The Gibbons that we know of had some adopted children. Right. One of their adopted daughters dies in a very bad accident. What, 1924? Yeah. Yeah. And it was pretty severe. Um, she had, she had both her legs amputated and she died from the blood transfusion. So... The ax. Oh, I think it was like she got hit by a train or I something. Think, yeah, I think she did get hit by a train. Yeah. Um, they did have another daughter and adopted daughter. Right. And I believe she moved to Pennsylvania or something. But uh, she was perfectly fine. Now, this brings in uh, different stories about the Gibbons having a daughter named, I think, Rachel. Yes. And that she got burned in a fire. Right. We couldn't find anything directly related to a child named Rachel, but we were able to find information directly related to their other children. And I think it, that they, even in the funeral announcements for Miss um, Gibbons and Mr. Gibbons, Dr. Gibbons, they, they actually never reference a Rachel, but they do reference the ones that were the one that passed away and the one who was alive. Right. Uh, but they did do a lot, and they did take care of a lot of people. And it's we know through different articles that at that time, um, Mr. Gibbons would open the house up for, for people who were very ill, and he would have them stay there. When they would stay there, um, they would sometimes perish in one of the rooms of the house. This could be a child, uh, but it wouldn't be uncommon for it to be an adult as well. Right. And this can add to the factor that there could be dozens of ghosts in the whispering states adding to all this paranormal activity there right so miss Gibbons dies in 1934 inside the house inside the house which could be another case of the paranormal factor with so many people already dying there as well and this is right after their daughter who was adopted dies so i think there's a mix-up in sometimes in the stories of they did have an older daughter she she had her legs amputated, had a blood transfusion, dies, and then not too long after, Miss Gibbons dies. Right. Um, those stories correlate uh, directly. But again, we're not saying there wasn't a, another person, uh, but it doesn't match the, the time frame. Right. So, Dr. Gibbons dies in 1944, and he's buried in Mitchell uh, City Cemetery totally loved by the town his wife loved by the town and these are two very different groups of people now that have lived in this house so you had the whites who were completely eccentric and 
really wanting everybody to just kind of love them, love them, be the center yeah. of the tension. Yeah, and then you had the the Gibbons who were literally giving everything to right. the town. Um, the interesting thing about them is that everybody seemed to be sick in the house. Yeah. Dr. White would have illnesses. Dr. Gibbons had lots of illnesses. Uh, Dr. Gibbons' nephew, who stayed with them, got sick. Their daughter got sick. Lulu and Miss White got sick. So there's a lot of weird illnesses and such. After that, it kind of gets a little bit blurry on what is going on with the property for just a little bit. Um, It looks like a few people may have owned it or tried to convert it into different things, but it eventually is owned by Aura Hopper. Mm -hmm. So he ends up getting the house. So there's some interesting things about uh, Mr. Hopper. One is that he was a school superintendent for Salem, Indiana, and he was actually discharged uh, for misuse of funds. And this was a huge to-do in Indiana. Um, it was in every paper about what was going on. And he denied all charges. Um, he did not go to jail or anything for that. But um, he did agree to leave his position. So the house is bought by the Hoppers. And they have a daughter named Reba. She maybe at the time when they moved in would have been around 9 or 10 years old. But she disappears from the books. So we know something happened. But what happened, we don't know. We do know that Miss Hopper was in car accidents with her um, more than once. We believe, cannot prove, alcohol was involved. Um, which would make sense for uh, what we know about uh, Miss Hopper. So, so Mr. Hopper ended up opening an antique store inside this building. And I will say that nobody in their right mind would open an antique store in a medical facility um, or, where a bunch of people have already yeah. died. So there is a chance that the wrong item brought into that house could amplify anything that was going on there. Now, the hoppers never talk about weird things happening in the antique store, but there is some articles about weird things happening inside the store, like door being left open, but they the, the police had to close it or something. So a couple, just a weird here and there type of things. So he runs this antique store, I think, until like 1955. Yeah. Mr. Hopper, I think, dies. I believe so. Um, And it became a big to-do because she dies one year earlier or a year and a half earlier than him. And he remarries. He dies. Um, right. Not too long after. The family didn't know who was going to inherit the home or right. any of his possessions. And it ended up that the courts in Mitchell decided that his new wife would inherit everything. And she basically held a bazaar, um, which is basically anybody could come in and um, buy out all the antiques. Um, she wanted everything gone. So that is literally all we get to know about them. Uh, the Hoppers. We know they had a daughter named Reba. We know she probably passed away. We believe she passed away in the home um, or or while they were living in the home, I should say. But there's not a lot of other information regarding that. So the home kind of ends up 
in someone's hands. We could not determine whose it was. We, we saw that uh, a woman named Linda Fox seemed to have a large presence in the home. Businesses would come in and out. In addition, it became an apartment complex. And during this time, you know, this goes from basically the 50s up into the 80s, right. late 80s. We start to see some weird things that nobody seems to be putting together. Right. Such as uh, Leona Alspa dying uh, while she was living in the home, which was about uh, 1969. Yeah. And there are different reports of other people who had lived in the home passing away, but they never actually state that they were living there at the time. And right. So we don't know if they were there or not. We just know that other people have passed away. They were clearly attached to this home at some point, and we don't know where they went. Right. Another interesting story is Gary Tolliver, who was a nine-year-old boy who dies living in the house in 1974. And what's interesting is that his, his dad died uh, when he was one-year-old in uh, 1966 from a heart attack. Yeah. The dad did not live there uh, ever, but the mom moved into the house uh, or into an apartment, basically. Right. Of the house, not too long after the husband's death. The boy had older brothers. He was super young in comparison to the rest of his family. The next closest to him was like 20 years old. So, And uh, he was the uh, ring bearer at his brother's wedding. But again, just weird passings. We know that the Tribune paper, I think, was inside the home for a while as a business. So the, I think the bottom level was used as different businesses and business types. And... We don't know anything about, like, what those people would have uh, saw and heard. Um, I imagine that would be more local to where the people who run Whispering Estates would know. But I would imagine they would have, I imagine they would have had some type of challenge at some point. Maybe they saw something, heard something, etc. I'm not 100% sure. Based off of what we know about the home, it seems like the... People always died in, like, the same rooms or bad things were always happening. Right. You know, like, people were getting sick. They usually had one particular room. The mom was in one room. The daughter died in one room. So they were all very specific. So it very well could be that things were lingering but in different areas. Right. And then with the antique store, something being left in there, anything, and if it had something attached to it it's possible that right it just made things worse or amplified it so in this this is a continuous thread uh we see through late 70s 80s to um yeah. its current owner um i think there was an artist who owned the home before its current owners and he was renovating it and he was the first person to notice like strange things and happenings and i honestly think it's because of his renovation that would have made things that may have been subtle much louder it's quite possible again i haven't been there but if they put the home into the original layout that could really disturb some people or things some presences there right and you know so it, it's a very interesting history of the house you know i'm always skeptical of haunted houses but there is just so many weird things about this house there is it almost reminds me of that that TV show American Horror Story where the first season where like no matter and I know that's a book too but like it just seems like bad stuff just happens to good people in this house and 
weird things are happening around the house. Um, And this house just seems to be one of those places uh, that we can literally, you know, walk right through the history book of the house and the newspapers of the town and see, like, some weird stuff has gone on here. Right. And, you know, I think a lot of people look at the house from Mr. Gibbons. Like, they, I see a lot of people always talk about Mr. Gibbons. But whatever happened, I think happened before, or, like, what started it, it was the Whites. It was Dr. White. Most definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, they were the nastiest people. Yeah. They were just a strange group of people. Yeah, they were just weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think whatever happened or what start kicked it off happened under their watch. And, you know, the Gibbons, again, I think they were they were just good people. And they inherit, they bought this house. And, you know, they had a lot of tragedy around them. Um, but they still... They still remain pretty much positive about it. Yeah, they always tried to stay positive. Where, like, the Gibbons are not the Gibbons, the Whites were uh, very different. And I just always think that uh, we, a lot of people seem to focus on the Gibbons and it's because they lived there longer. I get it. But I think more research needs to be done around the Whites and what kind of people they were um, in the community and what were they involved in? Because it's clear they're involved in some weird stuff and just set this house into this strange, you know, realm that it, became it's clear that young people die there a lot of kids and you know i think the one thing that the stories are always talking about with this house is that you know a lot of kids died inside the house he was a children's doctor but that wasn't really an accurate comment he was a he was a surgeon both dr white and dr gibbons were both surgeons they were both gps they saw all kinds of people and they saw children as well it just so happens that a lot of children just seem to die around this place. Right. Um, but it also takes out or it also has a lot of other people dying here as right. well. It's uh, not just children. It's a lot of different people. Yeah. So it's a very interesting place. So that is what we know about Whispering Estates. Uh, it is located in Mitchell, Indiana. Um, they do allow ghost tours. Uh, you can actually, it's a bed and breakfast, I believe. So you can actually stay overnight. And our goal is to hopefully in the near future, follow up with them to get, you know, additional information. Maybe we saw something or read something they didn't. Um, maybe they'll correct us on something. Everything we've mentioned in here, we've, we've actually pulled from the papers and, uh, we tried again, not to be biased, uh, automatically saying, oh, this is what this house is. Uh, this house is definitely something or at least the property is right um and it's clear it starts with the whites not the gibbons um and i don't think the hoppers made it better (laughs) i don't think so either (laughs) so um so that's what we have if you have questions or comments feel free to reach out uh in the meantime this is paramara signing off it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.